Hello, and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go AU Fur. Got a full house this week. Uh, with me is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Better dead than red. We've got Blake, Iowa Gopher. Hey, hanging in there. Thanks for asking. U Street. Hey, y'all. And Steve, Zips of Akron. Basketball guy here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to you in a little bit, basketball guy. Uh, first, we're going to talk some football. Um, fuck the Northwestern game. Moving on. Uh, Wisconsin, it is hate week. Hate week is here. I hope everyone has the hate in their heart. Um, full of full of just absolute negative feelings towards the state, people, and colors of Wisconsin. Um, hey, Blake, remember when uh, Wisconsin was ranked number four and going to the playoff? Yeah, you know, I do remember that. And, like, it's the strangest thing. Um, I've got, like, the top 25, both AP and coaches in front of me. I just I don't see them there. Um, really curious what happened, you know, what a difference 11 weeks makes. Ed Gein is still um, a top four serial killer. That's true. I mean, he's had a lot better longevity than Wisconsin <laughs> has this season. Um, but, yeah, they've, this this has been – I've seen this referred to as perhaps the most disappointing season in program history for Wisconsin. Um, well, it is I mean, tough when your program started in 1994. That is true. They're a very young program. Um, it's amazing how far they've come since 1991 having never played football before that point. Um, but, yeah, they've had four losses this year. They lost to BYU, um, go Mormons. I'm actually going to see Book of Mormon next week, so I'm excited. Hopefully they pick up some tips on how they beat Wisconsin. Wish it was this week so I could, you know, pass this on to PJ, but uh, I digress. Um, they also had a couple losses to Michigan, Northwestern, Penn State. Um, just season is not gone the, the way that they expected. You know, it's really unfortunate um, to see them I know, so it's, far. It's terrible. How... how- how sad. I know. You know, our hearts go out to them, and we hope that, you know, they'll figure things out from here. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what this week holds for them. I hope that team falls off a ledge and into an eternity of suck. I would you know, I, be I would be cool with them burning their own lands and then salting them themselves so as to save us the effort. Yeah, you know, I think both those are great options. Um one potential reason they might be able to suck, I'm led to believe that there is a legitimate hope that Alex Hornenbrook is their quarterback this weekend, which fills me with hilarity. Presuming that Alex Hornenbrook is not able to go Blake, does does Wisconsin actually have an offense? They do, thanks largely to one man. and Really, their offense comes down to one guy, and that's Jonathan Taylor. He's their starting running back. He's one of the best running backs in the country. He leads the country in rushing yards. I think he's got about 1,800 right now, about 15 touchdowns in the season. He's rushed for at least 100 yards in every game this season except one game. Um, so really containing him is going to be the Gophers' number one priority. Um, from a passing standpoint, they're just not that threatening. Uh, I mean, if Pornerbrook plays, he's – he started the season relatively well and then just really tapered off. And he's had, I think, multiple concussions to this point um, and has missed three games. He's questionable, I believe, at the at, as of this recording for Saturday. Um, if he can't go, Jack Cohn is um, the second string who will play for first string. Um, he's played in – started three games this season. Um, he's one and two as a starter. I think he's a little more athletic than Alex Hornerbrook. I think he might have a stronger arm, but um, he's been something of a mixed bag. Um, he's averaging about 163 passing yards per game, completing 60% of his passes, but he just really doesn't have any weapons. 
in the passing game, or at least they, their offense just really doesn't uh, function that way. They've got A.J. Taylor, Dane Davis. Um, they're two best wide receivers, but both of them have, I think, 30 receptions, um, and neither one of them is what I would consider a home run threat. Um, they've also, as per usual, got their classic tight end in the passing game this year. It's um, true freshman Jake Ferguson. So um, really, yeah, the passing game, just nothing really to worry about. I think as long as the Gopher secondary can avoid you know blown assignments, making big mistakes, um, they should be fine. But really, the focal point to me will be on stopping the run. Um, because if you can stop Jonathan Taylor and contain him, which is, which is what Minnesota's done, you know, stopping them in the past two weeks. If we get... You know, the Rob Smith defense that can't stop anybody and, you know, got ran, got ran over by Nebraska, Illinois, and Maryland, um, they're going to be in trouble. But if, you know, Joe Rossi can continue what he's in the last, last two weeks on defense, they should be able to slow down Jonathan Taylor and force Wisconsin to beat them through the air, um, which is something I'm not confident that they can do. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I've got good news. I believe whatever virus Rob Smith was carrying that made our team, like, unable to stop the run, it seems to have infected Ohio State instead. I mean, Greg Schiano, that was the Rob Smith came from the school, the school of Greg Schiano, so... Uh, Couldn't happen to a bunch of nicer coaches. I mean, well, let, let hold on now. Let's not... For a second, that sounded like you were lumping Rob Smith in with Greg Schiano, which let's not do that to the poor man. He, he's gone through enough. He doesn't need to be associated with that bullshit. It's just that Rutgers coaching tree. It's hard to beat, you know. They're so successful. I, I hear the conviction in your voice. I know. I'm very confident. It does, it does pain me a little bit that Joe Rossi is from that Rutgers coaching tree. <laughs> because I like what he's done so far, but... Uh, that it's hard to look past the the Rutgers on the resume, but uh, you know PJ's from res- he, he coached at Rutgers too, so. Um, so basically, you, so basically, you just self-owned our coaching staff. I kind of did, but you kind of backed me into it, so I don't I don't take full responsibility for that. <laughs> oh, I see. My fault. The, the good news, at least, it sounds like uh, well, as as PJ put it, hopeful that uh, Terrell Smith will be back this week. That will only help the the Gopher defense uh, continue to be on the right side. But uh, as we saw last week, although we said we weren't going to talk about Northwestern, the offense struggled a little bit. Wisconsin's had some pretty damn good defenses in past years. So I guess Blake, the question is: is is, is Wisconsin's current defense more likely to make the Gophers look like they did against Purdue, or more likely to make the Gophers look like they did against Northwestern? I probably lean to the offense against Northwestern. Um, this is not, by any means, the elite type of Wisconsin defense we've seen in recent years. Um, they actually have more underclassmen starters than upperclassmen starters. Um, but strangely, most of those underclassmen are in the secondary. It's um, three freshman starters and one senior, Dakota Dixon, um, at safety. But strangely, they've been better against the pass than against the run, which is just weird considering... They're, you know, they've had really good linebackers, and this year's no exception. Uh, they've got you know, T.J. Edwards, Ryan Conley, Andrew Van Ginkle. They, they, they operate out of the 3-4 defense, so they rely heavily on their linebackers. But um, they've actually, in all four losses, they've allowed at least 180 rushing yards um, to their opponents. And uh, uh, throughout the season on defense, like defending the pass, they're actually ranked fifth in the Big Ten. They've allowed 207.8 passing yards per game. Um so it's a little strange to me that, yeah, you would think that the young inning experience secondary would be their vulnerability, but it seems if Minnesota can establish the run, which I can't say that they've done with any consistency thus far this season, um, their chances will, of, 
uh, finally retaining the angst will, will improve. But uh, I think their best recipe for success, um, and it wasn't used to success by the previous team, is what Iowa did. Iowa was able to establish the run, um, get the collection pass going, and I think Nate Stanley had at least 250 passing yards um, against his defense. Um, I just think it's going to, just looking at their defense and how they perform this season, it's going to come down to Minnesota being able to run the ball like that against Purdue in the second half. Um, which we didn't necessarily see against Northwestern, um, and using that to set up the passing game. Um, but really, we're going to need to see a better game from Tanner Morgan, especially. Um, you know, the, this offense just has not fared well on the road in general. This team hasn't fared well on the road in general. So um, that's kind of a concern, especially with the environment at Camp Randall. Um, you've got a freshman quarterback back there. He's probably going to get rattled easily. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of strange. I Just looking at the depth chart, I would have thought that the secondary was going to be the vulnerability here, but uh, I really think it's going to be um, that defensive front of Minnesota and get the run game going. Um, they'll be in good shape, but uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but you know what? You know what I say enough about Saturday. Let's you know let's dwell on the past a little bit, and you talk about the last time the Gophers beat the Badgers. Chris, you know if I'm not mistaken, I believe your experience involved physical violence and a baked good. Uh, yeah, so my girlfriend at the time and I made a Bucky on a noose uh, sign for the game, which went over well. We got on ESPN. Uh, a Badger fan tried to steal it from her, leaving the Metrodome. She may have gotten a little physical to get that back. Uh, and then there was a car of Badger fans who didn't take kindly to us, um, hanging it out the window uh, while screaming something about Reese Lloyd. And they may have said something not nice to the women in my car, to which I may have decided the appropriate response was to throw a cinnamon roll uh, through the window and hit their driver in the face. Uh, One of the women in my car was extremely upset because that was her cinnamon roll, and she had been looking forward to eating it. I believe the exact words were, My cinnamon roll! Um, Someone in their car may have gotten out of their car and come over and kicked my car. How many inches did you have on the person who came out and kicked your car? I would say a good foot and a half. Um, I was prepared to go grab a jug of orange juice and dump it all over their car. I don't know why I thought that was the correct response. Uh, But thankfully, then the light changed and we were able to make our way towards campus uh, while they turned the other direction. Why'd you have so many breakfast items nearby after the game? It was an 11 a.m. game, so we had been in the tailgate lot since like 5. That was a a, uh, tequila shot and Krispy Kreme morning in 2003. I just assumed you had a natural inclination towards violence with breakfast foods, but that that ex- explanation makes more sense. Well, it's not just breakfast foods. I mean, it wasn't Wisconsin, but there was, you know, the whole pizza incident in your past as well. The pizza incident? Didn't you chuck a piece of pizza at somebody at a gopher football game? I chucked a piece of pizza at somebody? Chris was clearly sober for this incident. Uh, appar- apparently, I'm missing this story. I swear you had a story where you threw pizza as well as cinnamon roll. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That sounds like something old drunk me would have done. Um, Chris, how many stadiums do they have your photo pinned up by the front uh, entrance? Or better yet, by the better yet, by the concession stands. How many of those pictures, because of how the photographer is like, literally just your neck? They couldn't actually get all of you in it. <laughs> Probably more than a few. 
Well, well, the good news is most of your food terrorism happened in the stadium that's no longer standing. True. That's why I'm still allowed into all these other stadiums. Also, I like the uh, the the uh, word food terrorism or the words food terrorism. I like that description. Um, all right. So clearly, I've now put my dirt out in the street. Uh, Blake, the last time Minnesota won, I believe you had not even started puberty. Do you have any thoughts to share on this? <laughs> it was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's not not that long ago. I now I wish it was two years ago. But yeah, I was when the Gophers last clutched Paul Bunyan's axe, I was twelve years old. And I honestly cannot tell you if I even watched the game. It's weird to think about it. I think back then it it was a world where not every game was on TV. I mean, I assume this one was probably on ESPN or something. Oh, no, it was on Victor, it, it Victory was, Sports One. No, it was on ESPN because I was on ESPN. It was on I MSN. Got, I got I got phone calls about that. <laughs> well, if it, if it was live streamed on AOL, I probably would have been watching it. Uh, <laughs> oh God. But uh, yeah, I have no memory of that, which is sad. I so honestly, I have no memory of the the Gophers beating Wisconsin. So that's really depress- a depressing thought. Have you been alive longer than Wisconsin has had a football program? I was born the same year Wisconsin started playing football. So that's exciting. So, like, yeah, my my growing up has coincided with their, you know, rise to prominence. So I guess you could say I'm, I'm we're intertwined, which is disturbing to me. But So you know, they're Voldemort and you're Harry Potter in this instance? That's, honestly, that's a, great, that's a great way of putting it. So we have to kill you in order to achieve final victory? But I come back, right? I mean, supposedly, but, you know, I'm not a wizard. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that's what it takes. You know, I'll bite the bullet. Who's Dumbledore, who's Dumbledore in this instance? That's a great question. Um, isn't Well, Dumbledore's dead by this point, isn't he? Correct. Um, I don't know. Oh, spoilers. Sorry, spoiler alert. God damn it. <laughs> what we're really Sorry. missing here is the most important part of this story. Well, you know, my story is I also don't remember the 2003 victory, but uh, that's because I was probably touring the big house, and um, I don't mean the one in Ann Arbor. I would have been studying abroad in Europe and was in Rome that weekend, so I had no idea. Hashtag humblebrag. Humblebrag. Did so you just humblebrag the Basilica? <laughs> no, I was humblebragging the Coliseum, but, you know. Either way... Uh, I am going to be setting up a uh, GoFundMe page, so if anybody wants to donate uh, a lot of mucho to an international plane ticket, I will gladly leave the country and see if we can win this weekend instead. So, um, you know, just look on the blog and, and follow my, my GoFundMe and, and somebody donate a lot of money so I can hop on a plane to Italy on Friday and uh, go Gophers. So you're going to leave me alone in Madison? If it's it fine. Means, He's leaving if, you with a thing of bagels and a couple of loaves of bread. You'll be fine. I mean, I'm going to need some bacon. Why are you wasting... Got... There, I'm led to believe there's a large slab of it somewhere in the athletic department. You could bring that back, too. Don't get me fucking started on that bullshit. If the Gophers win, you don't leave campus without that slab of bacon. You do what you have to and you bring that home. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to say that we're pro you getting arrested for the cause, but we are pro you getting arrested for the cause. So what I'm understanding and hearing from this is my job is to throw pieces of food at people until I gain access to the slab of bacon and then run away with it. 
I mean, it's not the worst Batman story that's ever been told. Gopher fans do have a history of rioting after big wins, so maybe that's what we just need to do. We just need to march en masse on uh, <laughs> on the building, and you know, somebody somebody will get the slab out. They they may take the rest of them out, but somebody will get the slab out and get it back to Minneapolis. I mean, if you talk to people in Wisconsin, apparently Minnesota fans were responsible for every Halloween riot ever, so maybe we just go to the State Street and that'll distract them. Here's a trivia question for you. Uh, in the Reese Lloyd game, the last time the Gophers won the Axe, which two quarterbacks for the Gophers played in that game? Uh, well, that was Asad Abdul Kalik before he got injured, and then Benji Kamrath stepped in. Benji Kamrath, who, by the way, was a high school teammate of one of my best friends from college. Wow, very encyclopedic of you. <laughs> two things there one steve's clearly pissed that you answered that question right and two speaking of humble brags over here ooh, benji camrath teammate with one of my best friends from college humble brag i have friends he was he was dead to that town uh for quite a while after that they were not pleased Be- benji camrath is no tony mortensen in my opinion <laughs> that's saying something my favorite part of that game from a Benji Camerath perspective was they ran that really, really, like, get it once every game tight end drag with, I'm assuming, was it Spaeth back then? Would Spaeth have been the tight end? Yes. Yeah, they ran that. Or Utech. Was he, or was Spaith Utech or gone Utech. by then? I mean, that would be the, that would be yeah, the that, that, That'd probably be Utech. Yeah, so they ran they ran that, uh, that he blocks for two seconds, then drags towards the backside while everybody rolls and protection slides and then he just dumps back across and then it's wide open and he had whichever of those two tight ends caught it rumbled for like a 52 yard touchdown or something that was magical because it was slow big man rumbling and all the wisconsin defenders were in the wrong spot i'd be down for some of that on saturday just saying all right anybody else have any good stories from 2003 just football related i I mean, I suppose just if we kidding. wanted to just go broad, we could. Well, there was the time that Steve killed a hobo, and that's why he's no longer allowed in Ohio. But I don't know if that's actually something we want to cover on this podcast. No, we don't need to cover that right now. <laughs> we'll save that for Railroad Week. We can do a Purdue Week next year. You can tell the story as if the hobo was on a train. <laughs> There's a connection there. There's a connection. Time to move nope. on. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, I can confirm from personal experience that women's basketball is pretty pretty good this year. I, they still haven't played anybody, and to be fair, Andy can talk about uh, the was it San Diego? Is that who they played? The San Diego Toreros. Yeah, so he can talk about how that game was actually kind of bullshit. But uh, if if this team can play more like how they played in the first quarter of the Xavier game last week. Uh, they are going to be a hella fun to watch. Andy, what, what was the, since I didn't actually get to watch the San Diego game, were they just bad offensively or what happened? Yeah, they, uh, well, you were, you were talking about how, uh, you know, you were, you were hearing Lindsay when you were sitting on press row, uh, ripping her team for the, uh, for the carelessness with the ball a little bit. Um, yeah, the Gophers had 23 turnovers against San Diego were just oh. handing it away. And, and then they only shot thirty-two uh, percent for the game, including twenty-eight uh, percent in the first half. So uh, things didn't didn't go very well <laughs> offensively either. But uh, they went from seven down at the end of the third quarter and ended up outscoring um, San Diego in the uh, fourth quarter to pull away. Uh, 
by a major margin. I can't find the actual box score here, but uh, but uh, Taye Bello, you know, you you talked to her a little bit after the uh, Xavier game. Um, you know, she had three double doubles all last season. She's got three double doubles in her first three, three games. games. Um, you know, so she is having an incredible year so far. Um, you know, Kenesha Bell had a big, uh, big game, 21 points for the Gophers, um, nine of 17 from the free throw line. Free throw shooting, as we'll get to the men in a little bit, is something that is, uh, both teams lack and well, Gophers like in their winning against San Diego was only 20 for 34 from the free throw line. So that doesn't help either. But, uh, yeah, you know, they, they played awful against a, a decent defensive team. Uh, but they got the win to move to three and zero. They play Arkansas Pine Bluff tomorrow night, which will be four and zero. You know their schedule is pretty, honestly, pretty easy in the non-con. They're, the biggest game coming up is probably um, a week from Thursday. Uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. They hold host Syracuse uh, at the barn, and um, you know, other than that, they play at Boston College and. That's about it for their non-con. So they very easily could uh, possibly keep things going through the non-conference season. Uh, they moved up two spots in the AP poll today. They're now number 23 in the country. Um, but this team has a definite chance if they uh, if they can find their shooting stroke and, and not play play down to the, somebody's level, they could easily be uh, undefeated heading to Big Ten play. I like it. Uh, the men, you mentioned, uh, had some... Uh... Interesting free throw shooting. Uh, Steve, you want to talk about, uh, or Alex, you want to talk about uh, what went on this weekend with uh, A&M and the Gophers? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just happened last night. The Gophers um, in their first round, first round, I guess, first matchup of the three-game Vancouver Showcase round robin. Got to take on the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, and it was pretty sloppy, not going to lie, on both sides. Um, but the Gophers were up by 14 at one point um that got whittled down to actually a deficit um can't remember exactly what the score was but they were down by one or two at one point um but battled back to take back the lead in the victory uh in the end so you know a win's a win but definitely wasn't pretty um nevertheless gophers are 3-0 and on the young season two more games to go on the vancouver showcase one against santa clara tomorrow night santa, santa clara is by no means a uh a vaunted team either um and they get washington for their final game who uh former top 25 uh this season they had a bad loss um but should be a good game nevertheless still um a&m game was just one of those growing games i mean you're you're starting two freshmen you're adding a third one off the bench um it's bound to happen but i think at the end of the day it was great to see them face some adversity again and then be able to battle back, even from a deficit, to come back and win. Neutral court, power five team. Um, I don't know. Things are looking okay. Street, yeah. how, how, do you, how are you feeling? I'd like them to be able to make free throws. That wasn't great. Amir Kavi had an uncharacteristically bad game. It's definitely the worst game that I can remember him playing in the last two years. There was some discussion that that was because he was – the point guard and as a consequence he was making a lot of extra mistakes i actually don't think that was the problem i thought 
when he was just running the offense as a point guard, it was fine. It was when he decided to press a little bit that he was making careless turnovers. Also, strangely, they tend to run action to give Coffee an ability to drive with his left hand, and usually he comes tight around a screen and has a wide open angle. Texas A&M in the second half did a really good job jumping those screens and forcing him a little wide, and he had a couple of turnovers where more or less his angle was cut off and he just lost the ball. So that was not great. Dupree McBrayer and Jelly Washington combined, I think, for four for 17 from the field. Also not great. Washington, when he is looking to pass first, is an excellent point guard. One of the things that is quite frustrating, and I'm sure it's really frustrating for him too because he's obviously a scorer, he's a scorer for his point guard, is that he has the ability, when he wants to, to set the offense, get the offense really flowing, and make a lot of uh, excellent plays. Certainly in the second half, when Coffee was having trouble with the point guard position, Washington came in and for a while was putting down some really good minutes. I don't think that's a trend. I think it's one of the consequences of an early season game. As Steve mentioned, beating a Power 5 team is always good. I don't think Texas A&M is going to light the world on fire this year, but it's possible that this is either a mediocre win or uh, certainly not uh, a win that we will not want to have come March, which the Gophers should uh, not necessarily expect to be in, but I still firmly believe that Richard Pitino doesn't have a job next year if they don't make the tournament. The freshman did an excellent job. I want to highlight Gabe Kalsher, who continues to give solid minutes on the defensive floor, also provides a shooting presence on the outside. Patino's offense needs somebody who you have to guard on the outside. It opens up the middle and the paint so much. It allows Murphy to roam. It allows Arturo to get solid sets. It doesn't allow help defense coming from the weak side. All of these things make things work so much better. And Kalsher gives you that option, but equally he's doing an excellent job on the defensive side of the ball, which in a lot of ways is just effort and working. It's excellent to see a freshman come in and put down those kinds of just hard, dirty minutes on the defensive side of the ball. That's going to pay dividends because I think that's going to be infectious to the rest of the team. If you've got a freshman showing up and working really hard, you've got no excuse if you're an upperclassman. So I thought Gabe Kalsher did a really good job. We also finally saw a Brooke St- Brock Stoll sighting. He made two threes at critical points of the game. If he can come off the bench and provide sort of 10 to 15 good minutes and hit a couple outside shots, that's going to be an excellent grad transfer pickup this year. Uh, probably the most important question coming out of the game. Uh, have you gotten a chance to purchase your quarter zip uh, that yet, yeah, the, the one that Patino's wearing? I have not been able to purchase my quarter zip, and I'm glad you asked, Chris, and this was no way scheduled. There is a there is a huge problem in Gopher Athletics. The problem is not that Minnesota hasn't beaten Wisconsin since Blake was 12. The problem is that I cannot purchase dope quarter zips from Goldie's locker room. And this makes no sense to me. Richard Pitino is currently wearing a excellent quarter zip on the sidelines. It's black, got the Nike logo, choice. Also an old school retro gopher doing like kind of a hook shot layup thing. Excellent. I would like that to be a just retro jersey in general because it looks fly as hell. And yet when I go to attempt to purchase this to support my alma mater and to wear some swag clothing, I am unable to do so. I can purchase a variety of ugly-looking champion gear. <laughs> what, what, what do you have against champion gear? Everything. 
It's All terrible. Right, other, than the, other than the fact that it's from 15 years ago. I mean, at this point, I might as well have, like, a starter jacket on. Like, old Russell Athletic. That'd be fun, too. Hey, hey, those starter jackets are coming back in vogue again. You know what's coming back in vogue? Dope quarter zips. I would very much, I would very much like to purchase this. I cannot purchase this. I think it's the case that there are a lot of fans who would like to purchase things that actually they would want to wear out that represent their university well. And I think it is incumbent on every single Gopher fan to, uh, especially the ones who send Mark Coyle stupid emails about firing PJ Fleck, uh, keep sending those emails. Those emails are really great. Change the content of those emails, which currently are real dumb. To I would like Goldie's locker room to stock more awesome quarter zips. That is my that is my nuclear hot take for the week. But it's also not a nuclear hot take. It's just a true statement. And I'm going to be using every means that I have at disposal on this blog in order to make sure that that happens. The better question hashtag, is ha- hashtag quarter zip for yeah. U Street. Quarter zip for U Street. And maybe you can ask uh, at the same time if we can purchase those uh, black and white Gopher jerseys from last night. I know those are, those are very. Uh, they were um, a hot button issue for the fan base, just like the new white floor at Williams Arena. Just pa- moving into Patino the new generation claimed, here. Yeah, Patino claimed that uh, those jerseys were fire, and I am willing to happily change my opinion from they looked like dog shit to that is the greatest jersey I've ever seen if there is a quarter zip for me in the future. Hey, what, what, color was, what color was that quarter zip, Street? That quarter zip is black, but it's fine because it's a quarter zip. It's not the jersey. Uh, that's being... What are the school? What are the school colors? I've had, I've seen this repeatedly. Twitter comments. It has to be school colors. I'm sorry. That's probably why it's not available. You know what? If it comes out in a sweet maroon or a white, I'm also fine with that. If it comes out in a gold, I'm fine with it. The thing is, right now, I can't purchase any of those colors, but I can watch the University of Minnesota men's basketball team play in what appears as if they're going to their own wake based on their sloppiness in the second half. And that was the Gopher Hole podcast for tonight. Uh, Before we depart uh, basketball talk, I do want to point everyone's attention to the halftime score of the Rutgers Eastern Michigan game. Uh, Uh, Eastern Michigan had what, like four points? It was 31 to four, tying a record for fewest points allowed in a half how bad do you have to be to only score four points so get this get this eastern michigan is not bad i beg to differ they scored four points against (laughs) ruckers (laughs) they're uh wait wait, ruck they've they've already beaten a basketball team they do now apparently well the real question is ruckers has a men's basketball team and you would be forgiven blake to not know the answer to that was yes Okay, so what? Why? Who did they beat now? Well, they're four and two uh, with this loss. They beat Drexel and they beat Boston University. So I mean, like they're beating actual Division One teams, but they're scoring four points in the in a half against. Ah, uh, yes, Drexel and BU, the class of the American East. That's right, and only a thirty-eight point loss to Duke. Did you have to look up that they're in the American East? No, I knew they were in the American East. Actually, I think Drexel technically might be in the A10, but I know BU's in the American. Uh, Drexel's, so. in the, Drexel's in the Colonial Conference. Come on. <laughs> I just want comment to comment the King. You re- best not miss Andy. I just want to point out that I remembered who Benji Camerath was. So my encyclopedic knowledge bests all of you. Ooh, we're really impressed at your ability to remember a super Midwestern name. <laughs>
uh, Andy, I am led to believe that volleyball is still good. Is volleyball still good? Uh, let me check. Uh, eighteen and zero in Seoul Big Ten champions. Yeah, that that, that would be good. Um, I am not Rachel, obviously, but uh, yes, the Gophers did clinch the Big Ten at Ohio State Saturday night. Uh, it took them five sets, but they did get the win. They are eighteen and zero in the Big Ten this season. Um which is rather impressive when you consider the Big Ten currently has the number three, the number four, the number six, the number seven, the number eight, the number 12, the number 18, and the number 26 ranked schools in the country in it. Um, Uh, Minnesota beat all of them, correct? Minnesota beat all of them and a couple of them twice, uh, which is rather nice. Um, Yeah, the Gophers uh, won their first Big Ten title since 2015, third in program history. Uh, as we said, 18-0. and 0. They have uh, two games left this weekend, Friday night at number 7 Penn State. Um, and assuming they can win that one, um, they will go 20-0, and 0, considering the final game Saturday is at Rutgers. And, um, well, if you think Rutgers is bad at football, you uh, haven't seen them play volleyball. Uh, Rutgers currently this season is 0-18, and, and I believe they've only won something like eight or nine sets in conference play. That's not ideal. I do. So, Minnesota is one win at number seven Penn State away from uh, undefeated season. Uh, speaking of Penn State, it would be the first undefeated season in the Big Ten Conference since Penn State did it three years in a row in 07, 08, and 09. Um, but yeah, Gophers still ranked number three in the coaches' poll uh, behind undefeated BYU and, and Stanford, who was uh, one of the Gophers' two losses this season, the other one being Oregon. Um, but they moved up to number two in the RPI behind just Stanford. So, um, honestly, as long as the Gophers don't lose to Rutgers, they could probably even afford a loss to Penn State at this point. Uh, Minnesota should not have to leave the city of Minneapolis in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, that'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty damn sweet. Yeah, they'll they'll obviously host the first and second rounds at the PAV. As long as they're one of the top four seeds, they'll host the uh, regional at the PAV. And then it's just a short hop down to Target Center for the final four, assuming they take care of business there. So um, selection show is going to be, I believe, Sunday night. Um, so we'll have updates on, on the NCAA tournament next week. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's looking like this Gopher team is going to be uh, – finishing up a pretty historic season um and that i mean it's great the, the, they picked the they picked the right year to peak uh the year the uh the final four is is here in minneapolis so uh now if they can just uh complete uh they complete the job and uh this place will be going crazy here for the next month uh, forget about forget about all the rest of the gopher sports let's just get the entire city volleyball crazy for a, for a couple of weeks i'm down for that I'm down, I'm down for turning us into a volleyball school. Uh, all right, so you talked about volleyball. We also occasionally, and by occasionally I mean every week, much to your chagrin right now, talk about hockey. Um, would you prefer to start with the women sweeping St. Cloud, or would you like to start with that bullshit against uh, St. Lawrence? Uh, let's sandwich the crappy in between the two goods. Okay, well, then frame it up however you want. Uh, Friday night, Gophers played St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence was 1-8 coming in. I was at the game at Mariucci. The Gophers played like absolute dog shit and lost. Um, I don't even remember what the final score was at this point. I think it was like 5-2. to two. I honestly don't even remember. I've blocked it out of my memory. Um, 
this team, for whatever reason, has totally regressed on offense. Um, I'm not sure whether you, you think it should be. They should be used to Coach Motzko's offensive style by now. But you have got several of the players who um, you've put up, you know, 30, 40, 50 points in a season here in previous seasons who aren't doing crap. Uh, you know, basically, your best offensive players are a couple of freshmen right now, which is. You know, good for the future, but really bad for this year. Um, yeah, the one bright spot was Saturday night they came back. Uh, Eric Shearhorn was in net. The Gophers got a 3 nothing shutout. It's Shearhorn's 13th career shutout. Now he's third all-time in school history uh, in shutouts, and he's only, I think, two off of uh, Kellen Briggs' record. So if he continues playing and, and Moscow continues to split time, uh, there's a decent chance Shearhorn might be able to, to catch that record by the end of the season. So there, there's your positive for the week. Um, Gophers get back into Big Ten play. They host Michigan State this weekend in a series where if there's 5,000 people in the stands in Mariucci, I'll be shocked. Um, my tickets have been on StubHub for three weeks and still haven't sold, so I don't have high hopes. Of, that GoFundMe uh, un- for Andy's international travel is also brought to you by <laughs> StubHub. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're not getting paid for that. But if somebody wants to buy my tickets, I'll sell them dirt cheap. So, uh, you know, find me on Twitter. Um, I'll be in Madison watching football. So if uh, somebody wants uh, hockey tickets, hit me up. But, um, yeah, the men, kind of disappointing. Hopefully they can get back. Michigan State is, well, should be the worst team in the Big Ten unless Minnesota continues their slide. So this weekend should really give a good idea of exactly where the Gophers are in the uh, shit list that is the bottom of the Big Ten. But the women swept. But the women swept, yeah. Um, They almost blew it Saturday in the first game against St. Cloud, but they came back to win 4-3 in overtime, uh, which is good because coming into the weekend, the Gophers had not lost to St. Cloud State in 43 straight games, and that would have been a really bad streak to break. Um. But they got the uh, 4-3 overtime win Saturday and then came back and beat up on St. Cloud. I think it was 7-1 on Sunday. So uh, they're still on top of the WCHA right now. Wisconsin has a couple games in hand. Um, But the Gophers are ranked number two in the country behind the Badgers, who are number one. And now the Gophers don't play another conference game until mid-January, which is insane. Um, They've got three straight non-conference weekends starting out in in Vermont at a tournament where they uh, start off Friday night against St. Lawrence, who's number eight in the country. So um, this should be an interesting road-neutral site game for the Gopher women, and if they can pull off that win, they should, in theory, stay, uh, you know, ranked probably number two in the country until they uh, get another chance to face the Badgers coming up in, in January or February. All right. I think it's about that time. It's prediction time. Uh, does anyone want to be the one that I have to heckle and predict a Badger victory? Or are we all in agreement that whether we believe it or not, this is hate week, fuck Wisconsin, better dead than red, and Minnesota's going to win? I'm just going to be quiet and pass. You know, you could have avoided outing yourself as the negative one, but, you know, now you did it. I mean, it'll come out my in my my preview for the week for Wisconsin, but uh, I don't want to rain on the parade. I'll let everyone else take the positivity from here. Just let me fade into the background. Oh, by the way, um, apparently you're too negative in your predictions, and we're supposed to be uh, uh, Pravda for the University of Minnesota, and I don't know, I'm supposed to discipline you harshly or something. 
I know I you have I believe I do have paid administ- unpaid administrative leave coming up soon after the end of the season, so I look forward to that. Um, I don't also, a caning. Hot. We're gonna cane. <laughs> well, it's more <laughs> like the it. it's more like the mid third of Death of Stalin. I've not seen that. Well, as part of your re-education, I highly, okay. highly recommend. <laughs> I look, I look forward to that. So I've got, let's, see, I've got a caning, uh, the middle third of Death of Stone, and pay, unpaid administrative leave. Uh, really, just looking forward to it. Not sure how I'm going to feed my family uh, without that uh, paycheck, but uh, I'm looking forward to the Deadspin article about your treatment. <laughs> you know, me too. Uh, it's in the work. It's in the works right now. I'll probably work on it heavily while I'm on unpaid administrative leave but uh, look forward around christmas time i still have a christmas present for you i mean if we really wanted to help you we could send you to uh uh you know a gulag up in uh, i don't know crosby ironton or something or literally any part of wisconsin yeah please well, don't do that i mean there's a limit to how harsh we need to be here street like we don't we don't really need to to go over the line we don't have to ship him that far he's in the chicagoland area now i mean i'm sure there's plenty of places in racine or kenosha that he'd find perfectly acceptable just send me to milwaukee please they have beer there nope you're gonna do a walking tour of toma damn it (laughs) (laughs) oh no wait he can we can force him to go up to rhinelander and then come back and give us a book report on the who day uh the who dag Hodag or whatever the fuck that little dragon thing is. I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> you know, anyway, this the Daily Gopher <laughs> is hiring interns. If you are interested, please Just remember. Deadspin, dead if you're listening to this, I have it all on audio recording. Please call me. Uh, all right, so let's face it. We we all know things could happen, but let's just go into this with we're going to win because, damn it, one of these times they're going to win. They have to win for my own sanity and eventual happiness. And it's going to be this week because this is actually a beatable Wisconsin team. That's my take, and we're going to roll with it. Not only is it a beatable Wisconsin team, which is true, and at some point this streak has to end, which it does, But it also happens to be the case that Wisconsin this year looks an awful lot like the kinds of teams Minnesota has been able to both put up points against and play well on defense. Jack Cohn may be a bit more mobile, but Wisconsin's offense has never been predicated on having the quarterback run. So you have a quarterback who's going to sit in the pocket. At least that would be what they would like to do, ideally. They're going to play a lot of jumbo sets. If they go around, it's going to be with a receiver, motioning a receiver around. Minnesota has tended to do well against that defensively. If we believe that the Joe Rossi defense is for real, and I don't know necessarily that we should, but one of the things that has gotten much better at is simplifying what the linebackers have to read to just get in and make a play. It is no coincidence that Blake Cashman had 20 tackles on Saturday. Yeah, two weeks after getting absolutely torched, torched, torched by Illinois. And I think that change indicates that Minnesota clearly has the talent on defense to take away the run. Now, do I believe that Wisconsin is a better running football team than Northwestern? Absolutely, I do. I think they are going to present a number of difficult challenges. But what they do not present is a super spread offense. So that's the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, Minnesota is getting better. It will depend an awful lot on whether Denel Green is going to be able to play. 
that's going to matter a lot. Uh, and certainly play well enough such that instead of putting Sam Schluter as sort of his backup safety valve, they can put a tight end because that gives them more options and forces Wisconsin to account a little bit differently. They were unable to do that in the Northwestern game in part because he was injured. But if Minnesota is successful at running the ball, Wisconsin is very beatable on the defensive side of the ball too. Very beatable. Tanner Morgan cannot play, assuming he starts, as badly as he played against Northwestern. But I actually don't think he's going to. I think there's some advantage uh, for a freshman to have a really bad game and to be able to come out firing. So here is now where I make the prediction that Minnesota is going to win this game by 10 points, 31 to 21. I love that optimism. I am going to say they're going to squeak out a 24 to 21. Andy? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some number stuff on. I'll need a little audience participation on this. Uh, Minnesota beat Purdue badly, correct? Correct. That is correct. What was the – do you remember what the line was on that? Uh, Purdue by seven. Was it only seven? I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like Purdue by nine or ten. Could have been ten. Uh, last week, Purdue and Wisconsin played. Triple overtime. Yes. Wisconsin barely pulled it out by three. Okay. The current line is Wisconsin is favored over the Gophers on Saturday by ten points. <laughs> I so, don't understand where that came from. So, uh, 47-44, I believe, was the final score last week. Uh, so if Wisconsin scored 47 points and they're favored by 10 points, uh, 47 minus 10 is... 37, usually. 37. So 37 points. Um, Reese Lloyd was number 16. That's correct. Sweet Jesus, what kind of math is this? So, when Are you Russell Crowe in a beautiful when, mind when, right when now? When do the Illuminati factor in? When do we hear about the Illuminati? Minnesota is going to pull it off. Emmett Carpenter, his potential final kick, but it won't be his final kick because he's going to make it. Minnesota walks off with the axe by a final score of 34-31. I want to point out that after all the math, I think you just pulled the number out of your ass and it's not connected to the math in any way. I'd like to note that Andy has been replaced by the galaxy brain meme, but I am super here for the final score he threw out. Uh, Steve, what you got? Oh, I'm in for a uh, 27-21 go for victory. Perfect. All right, Blake, I want to remind you that there are canings in your future. What's your prediction? Uh, I hope Minnesota wins. All right, so what's your prediction? I'm going <laughs> to... Minnesota 55, Wisconsin 0. <laughs> Good job. It's, it's almost as if you knew I was going to say you got four lashes for every point you gave Wisconsin <laughs> above Minnesota. <laughs> so there we go. Put me down. 55-0. Oh, hey, uh, we want to give thanks to the University of Illinois um, for making sure that uh, the game that never happened in 2008 uh, against Iowa, uh, the one that Tim Brewster memory hold, uh, that is no longer the biggest Big Ten victory for Iowa. 
Um, the biggest Big Ten victory for Iowa is now over Illinois, thanks to their 63-0 drubbing on Saturday. So hat tip to you, Lovey Smith. Uh, we're going to ignore the fact that this is somehow needs to be explained that we lost to you. I'm just going to say Rob Smith, and we'll move on. But again, you, you, you cleared something off the record books for us, and we appreciate that. So, Well, if one record has dropped, why not another one this Saturday? <laughs> See, that's, that's the kind of optimism I'm here for. So, all right, friends. Hate in your heart. Wisconsin sucks. Go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat.